This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Make America Tweet Again. That's a provocative title of a new research paper out of Wharton that looked at the tweets surrounding the 2016 Republican primary debates. Here to talk about the paper and its surprising findings are Wharton professor Ron Berman and doctoral candidate Coleman Humphrey. So welcome. Thank you, Deborah. So tell me, why did you decide to analyze Twitter versus other types of communication? So that's actually a very interesting story. So our co-authors, uh, Professor Robert Mayer and uh, Shiri Maluma, who's a PhD uh, candidate at Columbia Business School, they were starting to work on a project using Twitter data, um, and the focus was uh, how emotionality and the device you use changes the patterns. But then uh, we realized that uh, in um, elections and debates, what happens is that people today use Twitter as, as the main forum for uh, pushing their opinions and debating with everyone, et cetera. So this has become like the Twitter election. And as a result, uh, we wanted to focus very much to see what do voters think, given what they see on Twitter, but also what do voters do on Twitter and how they interpret that. Now, we, this was about in August. At that time, it was clear that Trump has a big advantage on Twitter, and he's uh, getting a lot of uh, voter opinion and voter advantage through Twitter. So combined with that, it was very, very interesting to look at Twitter as does it reflect voter opinion, but also can you use Twitter to also influence voter opinion and how that works during a, a debate. And can you give us an overview, a quick overview of how you conducted the research? Well, sure. So first... Um to decide what data to collect, we decided to focus on three very pivotal debates. So the first one was the August debate, which was the most viewed primary debate of all time. Um, and people were clamoring to see Trump versus Bush and who would do better. We also um, had the February debate, um, which was just before Super Tuesday. So it was a kind of like the last chance for uh, one of the other candidates to try and derail Trump and his uh, amazing poll numbers. And then finally, the March debate, which um, people were buzzing about because it was back uh, Trump versus Megyn Kelly the, the second time, I guess. So within there, we collected all the relevant uh, tweets from all debates. So uh, from an hour beforehand to uh, two hours after the debates, just all tweets about that, ha <coughs> that had the main hashtag in them. So we knew they were tweeting about the debate. Uh, and from there, from this data, we were able to, you know, we have um, who tweeted and who retweeted, what time that all happened at. And we also then, we applied this program called Luke, which um, it finds, was there a negative tone in the tweet? Was there a positive tone? Did you use like, um, whoops, sorry, did you use personal pronouns? Um, was it kind of uh, based on like, was it a power tweet or a reward tweet? And then for a subset of the data, the kind of the most popular tweets, we also sent them off to MTurk uh, to get humans to look a little bit further at the tweets. We got um, humans to decide, is there a picture or a video in the tweet, or does it contain humor or sarcasm uh, as well? So what are the key findings of your paper? Um, so so we, we found a, f a few very interesting things. Some of them just didn't conform with past research results, and some of them were just brand new. The first thing we looked at was um, 
what do people see during the debate? Do they mostly see new tweets or do they see more and more old tweets because of retweets of other people? And we found that over time, you basically have a more dated view of, of the debate, which means if you look very towards the end of the debate, actually you're going to see mostly tweets from very early on in the debate. The second thing we looked at was what was the sentiment during the debate uh, for different candidates. And we found that if you looked after the debate versus during the debate, you would get a very different view of uh, the sentiment. For so example, for Donald Trump, the uh, sentiment after the debate was uh, very positive. Well, during the debate, sometimes there were controversies, maybe sensations that uh, generated a negative um, sentiment. Uh, and finally, another thing we noticed is that the tweet stream becomes more and more sensational and less substantive. Uh, and in the words of, of Bob Mayer, another professor or co-author on this colleague, is that during the debate you get the New York Times, after the debate you're getting the New York Post. And this is something we found out which was very interesting. Do you think this explains why Trump defied expectations to get the Republican nomination for president? Sure. This I, We feel like this... What Ron just said definitely speaks to um, to one of the reasons why perhaps he was so popular. Um, Twitter kind of, like a lot of other media, I guess, just really focuses on tabloid or sensational stuff, especially afterwards. Like that's that's what sticks. Um, one of the things we analyzed was was sentiment: uh, are people positive or negative towards certain candidates? And you can see for Trump that even as something like the Trump University is being discussed um, like quite heavily and he's really getting hammered for it in the debate, his sentiment just like doesn't really seem to drop. Like, uh, and, and especially after the debates, you can see his sentiment actually goes right back up and, and is generally positive after the debates. So people just really don't care about this, this, the negative stuff he says. It just doesn't seem to matter. Um, and uh, again, building on, on what Ron's saying, it seems like Trump is the perfect candidate for the, the Twitter election. Um, since he is so used to generating like sensational um, news and, and generating controversy and kind of leaning towards all the tabloid stuff and, and also avoiding policy where he's probably weakest out of all the candidates on the stage. And that's what sticks. So absolutely, um, Twitter seems to, seems to be the, media, the medium for him. So what are the implications of your findings on voter opinions? So, so there are a few implications we think are are playing like are at play there. There, there are implications from trying to to gauge or to understand voter opinions. And and one of the findings is that if you analyze Twitter data, you might get the wrong idea. So if you look during the debate, maybe you'll get one sentiment. After the debate, you might get a different sentiment. So it really matters when you look at the debate. And the other thing is. Um, that voters who, there are some voters who are very active in the debate and watch it and tweet about it, etc. But most of the people probably open the newspaper the next morning or open their Twitter and say, what happened during the debate yesterday? And then they look and they see this backwards view, which means the influence on them is probably much stronger uh, than what you would get if you watched during the debate. One, for example, one thing we notice is that tweets that came from news sources during the debates were very influential during the debate and were retweeted a lot, etc. But after the debate, they were kind of going down. If you think about it, it used to be that there was a debate and news sources maybe would... Um, kind of summarize or comment on the results after that. And you would get what happened during the debate in, in a newspaper after that. If you look at Twitter, you would get a very different idea, which means that perhaps Twitter is not either a good measurement or maybe Twitter is a reflecting uh, forum of the results uh, and the news media is not a good measurement and reflecting uh, forum of the results, which might cause surprises later on. 
Did any conclusions surprise you? So one interesting uh, finding we had which was surprising was how media was almost um, inactive during the debate in actually commenting on it. What they were doing is picking up mostly quotes from TV and just tweeting them. They weren't saying who they think is winning. They weren't uh, commenting on facts. They were just quoting. And as a result, during the debate, people were retweeting them a lot. But after the debate, they had very, very, very little influence. This was one surprise uh, finding. The second one is that for many tweets, so this comes to academic research, typically we assume there's something called a diffusion pattern. You would have an idea that goes up, gets retweeted, and goes down and dies. For many things we saw, they barely had any influence during the debate. They basically died during the debate and then had the resurgence after the debate. So, for example, um, this um, basically fight almost between uh, Megyn Kelly and, and Trump in August, at the beginning generated some attention during the debate, but then died off. And, but then after the debate, it became the primary thing everyone was talking about. And just building on that, what was also perhaps surprising is that strong positive or negative emotions didn't didn't help much at all. In fact, it would actually, in our, in our case, hurt uh, the popularity of tweets both before and after the debate. Um, and just kind of building on what we've been saying, like being, being, everything being so sensational and that being the most popular stuff, um, uh, like it's, it was especially clear afterwards. So, for example, beforehand, one thing that actually did stir some interest was the economy. When pe- some people did tweet about the economy, but afterwards it was just nothing. There was just no no substantial policy, not even policy that was popular during the debate. Um, this was so. Yes, it was a bit almost surprisingly sad that Twitter. You might expect that Twitter is finally the way for everyone to debate and argue and, and maybe get an understanding of, of the issues, but actually everyone towards the end was focused more on sensations, which means maybe Twitter is not the place you want to look at and kind of understand what is important in this election, at, at least in terms of the issues. So how is your research different from prior work in this area? Um, so, so research is different on both methodology and a bit on findings. So on methodology, it's interesting because we looked both at who tweets and who retweets and who gets, gets followed by whom, but also we looked at the sentiment and the topic of the tweets. So this is one methodology difference. Another one is the setting. Most people that analyzed uh, tweets were looking at, you know, are people tweeting more about uh, pop culture versus music or something like that? If it's an event which is very active and you get more than 200 tweets a a second, right, a second, then there's this fight for attention and everyone is trying to say something. This creates a very different dynamic. um, And we think this is very unique because no one has previously analyzed tweets in a very short period of time in a very um, kind of energetic, active uh, event. So how will you follow up this research? So building on what Ron just said, we, we or others might hope to um, analyze other similar situations such as um, sports or um, any, any other situation where it's very highly focused, not over a long period of time. Um, another area of focus we're interested in is um, this, the phenomenon of a lot of tweets being picked up by, this, by different users. And what we mean by that is not just that it's something is retweeted, but is, is tweeted, like not a retweet, an original tweet. Um, as opposed to just being a very popular tweet, like someone says something funny and everyone thinks it's hilarious and retweets. So one example is is um, quotes. So sometimes a quote is so uh, instantaneously interesting that everyone picks it up. And just to give you one example from the debate, uh, Mike Huckabee in one of the debates said, um, 
uh, the purpose of the military is to kill people and break things. And and this was retweeted. This was tweeted. Excuse me, not retweeted. Tweeted out by just over a hundred people. Just immediately, people were thought this was fascinating. It actually wasn't that popular of a of an idea. Like it didn't um, last for ages and ages afterwards. But uh, it was initially very popular. As opposed to this, some quotes are only interesting because they get brought up by a person in context. So actually, in the same example, um, Patton Oswalt um, tweeted out, um, kill people and break things. Mike Huckabee just described the GOP. And that itself is a very popular tweet. And there are definitely some quotes that get picked up in that way. Just someone someone gives them more context. And that becomes super popular. Or sometimes it's just the, the, the quote itself just goes on. And that's not the only thing. We have... Um, you know, token tweets like "Who won?" is, of course, very popular. But but it's it's interesting to see that in certain circumstances, some tweets are either completely ignored. Of course, some are picked up because one one user tweets something funny and that gets retweeted a lot. And sometimes just one idea or one moment just gets picked up so much. Like I guess another moment that was a big deal was um, uh, the debate between Rubio and Trump's uh, who had the bigger uh, hands, so to speak. So these are, and, and the other thing we didn't analyze, so this was um, a debate where people were trying to vie for the Republican nomination. So these are not opposing ideas or issues. This is just who gets the most attention. We also have data from um, the, the primary debates, right, between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And I think it would be very interesting to understand if you had the same phenomena and the same patterns there and would have... T- be, would have have been able to allow you to predict maybe who's going to win or or do issues matter or sensations matter more and basically applying the same findings from uh, this uh, research to another data set to see if, if you get the same things. Does it generalize or is it very, very specific? Well, we can't wait to find out what you discover in your new research, but thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks very much, Tom. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.